Chapter Seventeen of the Actress in High Life: An Episode in Winter Quarters by Sue Pettigrew Bowen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seventeen. Who cannot be crushed with a plot? From all is well that ends well. Sir Rowland Hill had sent Lil off to the southward to ascertain the strength and condition of the reserve of Spanish troops moving up from Andalusia one might think that these things would be better learned from the official reports of the conde de bispal and the officers under him but from the prince of parma's day to this spanish officers in reporting the number and condition of their commands have made it a rule to state what they ought to be not what they are leaving all deficiencies to be found out on the day of the battle sir roland knowing this now made use of lille whose knowledge of the spanish language and character and his acquaintance with many officers of rank enabled him to ascertain the truth without betraying the object of his mission or giving offence to these proud and jealous allies ten days had gone by when he again rode into elvas and in spite of the secrecy aimed at in military councils many symptoms indicated that the campaign was about to open it was high time for the brigade to leave this part of the country the soldiers were disgusted with the sluggish people around them keen and active only in their efforts to make money out of their protectors the portuguese were exasperated at the insolence of their allies their frequent depredations and occasional acts of violence many of which went unpunished for the english officers always professing the utmost readiness to punish the offences of their men were singularly scrupulous and exacting as to the conclusiveness of the proofs of guilt lord strathern's lax discipline may have aggravated but had not caused the evil which was felt throughout portugal the regency while proving itself unable to govern the country or reform a single abuse had shown its ability to harass their allies and embarrass the general charged with the conduct of the war a narrow jealousy had long ruled their conduct and the spirit of captious discontent had now reached the inferior magistracy who endeavoured to excite the people against the military generally complaints came in from all quarters of outrages on the part of the troops some too true but many of them false or frivolous and when wellington ordered courts-martial for the trial of the accused the magistrates refused to attend as witnesses because portuguese custom rendered such attendance degrading and by portuguese law a magistrate's written testimony was efficient in courts-martial wellington in vain assured them that english law would not suffer him to punish men on such testimony in vain he pointed out the mischief which must infallibly overwhelm the country if the soldiers discovered that they might thus do evil with impunity he offered to send in each case lists of portuguese witnesses required that they might be summoned by the native authorities but nothing could overcome the obstinacy of the magistrates they answered that his method was insolent and with sullen malignity continued to accumulate the charges against the troops to refuse attendance in the courts and to call the soldiers their own as well as the british licensed spoliators of the community for a time the generous nature of the poor people resisted all these combined causes of discontent yet by degrees the affection for the british cooled and wellington expressed his fears that a civil war would commence between the portuguese people on the one hand and the troops of both nations on the other wherefore his activity to draw all military strength to a head and make such an eruption into spain as would establish a new base of operations beyond the power of such fatal dissensions throughout the war this great captain's hardest tasks had been to conciliate the jealous vainglorious spaniard to stimulate the laggard suspicious portuguese to enlighten the invincible ignorance of regency and juntas in order to draw out and combine the resources of both countries with the scanty means afforded him by his own blundering government 
he was required to do great things with small means without offending one title against the laws customs and prejudices of three dissimilar nations he might toil fret and fume wearing himself to the bone but could never get rid of this task of making ropes out of sea-sand so much as to the state of the country let us return to our story Lale reached elvis early in the day and resolved to reward himself for his labours by paying a visit to lady mabel then after a conference with lord strathern to sit down and write his report to sir roland on the state of the andalusian reserve he knew that sir roland looked for a precise and pithy statement and Lale meant this to be a model for all such communications but fate may mar the wisest plan he found lady mabel and mrs shortridge together and soon perceived that the latter lady's head was full of an entertainment she was about to give the commissary has warned me she said that from henceforth he will be ever on the move that he must break up his household here and send off his heavy baggage to lisbon in this he very politely includes his wife i am truly sorry to hear it said l Isle, but confess that first among a soldier's impedimenta must be reckoned his wife i did not look for so blunt an assent to the commissary's opinion from you said mrs shortridge somewhat nettled however i am to go and as many of the good folks of elvis have been as polite to me as they know how i wish to show my sense of it in parting i have invited all my portuguese friends with a good sprinkling of redcoats to meet them i have put myself to infinite trouble and no little expense meaning to have a grand evening combining tortulia concert and ball i would show these people something of society and life then vanish from elvis in a blaze of glory now as the rarest treat that i could offer i had promised my guests that they should hear lady mabel in all her glorious richness of voice and now she is seized with a sudden fit of modesty and protests against being exhibited before a motley crowd like an opera singer lady mabel's reluctance was not feigned and when mrs shortridge called on lil for assistance in overcoming it he felt some scruples at lending his aid but her companion and friend was about to leave her it was painful to refuse her a favor on which she plainly laid great stress friendship and flattery at length prevailed and lady mabel promised to do her utmost to charm the ears of the natives on condition that lil should be at hand as her interpreter and say to them for her a dozen polite and half as many witty things for every song she sang in order that these foreigners might not mistake her for a mere singer lil pledged himself to be at her beck throughout the evening and to furnish wit and politeness without stint this obstacle overcome mrs shortridge was delighted and talked gaily of her arrangements and anticipations for the appointed night lil entering into her humour busied himself in drawing out a programme for lady mabel's performance and after turning over all the music at hand made a list of songs long enough to have cracked her voice for ever it was late when he suddenly remembered that he had occasion to see lord strathern and he tore himself away to seek him Lil found his lordship in the business room of his quarters and quite at leisure although seated by a table on which lay sundry papers in no business-like order most of them were dispatches returns and other military documents but among them was a goodly pile of communications from the juiz de fora of more than one neighbouring camaca written in eloquent but denunciatory portuguese being in truth philippics aimed at sundry individuals or parties belonging to his command the old soldier had not treated them with absolute neglect after having the first two or three duly translated to him and making himself familiar with the tenor of this kind of document he had prepared a concise form of reply regretting that any of his majesty's soldiers should be guilty of any act of violence depredation or impropriety in the country of their friends and allies 
and proposing that the accusers should come forward and prove the charges before a court-martial according to british laws a copy of this stereotyped answer turned into good portuguese was always at hand to be dispatched in reply to each new complaint as soon as it reached headquarters thus the correspondence caused little trouble there for lord strathern had an easy-going philosophy which like an ambling pad carried him smoothly over the rough and intricate path of diplomacy policy and military exigencies he knew it was impossible to give perfect satisfaction to the portuguese and unlike his commander he eschewed all such attempts to make ropes out of sea-sand lille's entrance roused lord strathern from a pleasant reverie over his cigar why lille are you back again you certainly have the gift of appearing just when you are wanted is not that the case with a character called mephistopheles yes my lord but he is a devil said lille dryly i beg your pardon i did not mean to make an unsavoury comparison but here is another billet-doux from sir roland awaiting you lille taking the dispatch handed to him broke the seal and read it deliberately then said does sir roland think i keep an extra stud of horses to do the riding that properly belongs to his own staff why where is he sending you now to badajoz on an errand similar to that on which i went into andalusia to badajoz that is no distance at all at least nothing to grumble at said lord strathern you are growing lazy lil why mabel would ride that far after a rare flower just think you are chasing a fox who takes the high road and never doubles once between this and badajoz that would be a fox of a new breed suggested lil i confess said his lordship i never started one of the kind but sir roland's staff have their hands full just now to lighten their labours i have had to furnish more than one officer for special duties you surely would not have sir roland send an aide all the way from coria merely to see if those spanish fellows in badajoz are in a state to march without disbanding or without plundering the country as they move through it talking of marauding my lord said lille i wish the taste for that diversion was confined to our spanish friends it is becoming every day more necessary to check the excesses of our own people we cannot send out a party into the country around but on their return they are dogged at the heels by complaints and accusations when we march hence we shall leave a villainous name behind us oh we will never come back here again said lord strathern carelessly moreover two-thirds of these complaints are groundless and the rest grossly exaggerated the sacking of the farmer's house on the border needed no exaggeration said lille i tell you that was done by the spaniards exclaimed lord strathern yet worse cases than that have occurred and gone unpunished urged lille because they never could prove the charge and point out the culprits replied his lordship the country is full of rateros they commit the crimes and our fellows bear the blame that is often true but i have met with one little case in which the offenders can be pointed out well let me hear it said lord strathern leaning back in his chair as if compelled to listen but anxious to be rid of the subject i stopped for a while on my way back said lille at a little venda on this side of juramenia the people of the house were shy and sullen i had to ask many questions before i could induce them to speak freely but at length out came a charge against some of our people three nights ago five of our men had come to the house and calling for wine sat down to drink they soon became riotous and their conduct so insulting to the man's wife and daughters that they ran away to hide themselves when he required them to pay the reckoning and quit the house 
they promised most liberal payment and seizing bound him to a post in his own stable where they gave him fifty lashes with a leathern strap valuing the stripes at a vintem apiece the witty rascals said lord strathern i would like to repay them in their own coin moreover continued lille on the man's son making some resistance to the treatment of his father they bound the boy too and gave him a dozen vintems worth of the strap for pocket-money the liberal rascals said lord strathern they deserve a handsome profit on their outlay but how do you know lille that this story is true there is no mistake about the flogging exclaimed lille they used the buckle end of the strap and i myself saw the marks some not yet scarred over that silent witness may prove a good deal i cannot call it tongueless said his lordship for i suppose the buckle had a tongue i can vouch for that by the market left behind said lille both father and son swore that they would know the fellows among a thousand but the man dare not come to elvis to search them out as the scamps promised faithfully to make sausage meat out of him should he venture near the town if the cowardly rascal will not come forward and lodge a complaint said lord strathern what the devil can we do we can bring him here and protect him said lille while he hunts out the culprits if necessary i will take him before my regiment and let him look every man in the face to see if he can identify the offenders in the ranks and so with other regiments what muster the whole brigade for such a poltroon to inspect them exclaimed lord strathern what are you dreaming of lille it would be offering a bounty for accusations against the men half these rascals would swear away a man's life for a crusado perhaps so my lord but by cross questions and examining them apart the truth may be wrung from even lying witnesses impossible with these people the truth is not in them come lille no one knows better than you who are so much in sir roland's counsels that we are on the point of moving from this part of the country the little disorders that have occurred here can be followed by no ill consequences we carry the worst consequences with us said lille pertinaciously little disorders my lord the peasantry round elvis do not talk of them so they say that their property is plundered their women insulted and themselves at constant risk in life and limb what do the rascals talk of us in that way even while we are protecting them exclaimed lord strathern springing from his chair we have spent more money among them than their beggarly country is worth in fee simple and they are no more thankful than if we had occupied it as enemies i wish they had among them again for a few weeks that one-handed loison with his cut-throat bands or pious junot who loved church plates so well it is bad enough to be robbed by their enemies they say suggested lille but they did not expect it from their friends pooh said lord strathern the portuguese of all people ought to know what real military license is the french taught them that as for our fellows what if they do at times drink a little more wine than they pay for or even take a lamb or kid from the flocks they protect or kiss a wench before she has consented is that anything to make a hubbub about the lads should be paid for drinking their muddy vino verde and as for the girls all the trouble comes of their ignorance of our tongue so that they have to be talked to by signs you must be jesting my lord to overlook small offences is to license greater i license none i punish whatever is clearly proved but will not play grand inquisitor and hunt out every little peccadillo with your notions lil you would bring the men to confession every morning and make the service worse than purgatory 
must i answer for it if a girl squeaks out half in jest and half in earnest lille was provoked to see that lord strathern was laughing at him and said earnestly you cannot have forgotten my lord the state of the army at the end of the campaign little has yet been done to bring this brigade up to the mark and little will be achieved by it in the coming campaign in its present state now is the time to check the licentious spirit by making some severe examples i will do no such thing said lord strathern coolly the occasion does not call for it we will be in the field shortly and want all the bayonets we can muster the brigade is too weak to spare men from the ranks to put into irons i did not suppose said lil that the warning my lord wellington gave us not long since would be so soon forgotten lil alluded to the circular letter wellington had addressed to his subordinates at the end of the campaign in which he had politely dubbed half of his officers idlers whose habitual neglect of duty suffered their commands to run into ruffianism perhaps their commander was suffering under a fit of indigestion when he wrote it it certainly caused a general heart-burning among his officers lord strathern among others had found it hard to digest and now angrily denounced it unjust well my lord said lil with more zeal than discretion by the end of the campaign our men may be in a state to be improved by a touch of discipline from julian sanchez or carlos de spagna unless they reject them as too much like banditti and i am captain of the banditti exclaimed lord strathern in a sudden rage as you do not yet command the brigade let me beg you sir to go and look after your own people and keep them up to the mark lest they become banditti i always obey orders my lord said lil with suddenly assumed composure i will go and look after my own regiment and let the rest of the brigade march where sir thundered lord strathern their own road lil answered and bowed himself out of the room he walked sedately through the long corridor that led to the entrance of this monastic house then yielding to some violent impulse sprang into his saddle and plunging his spurs into his horse's flanks dashed out of the court and through the olive grounds at a killing pace his astonished groom stared at him for a moment then followed with emulous speed as lil turned suddenly into the high road a voice called out don't ride me down i'm no frenchman and he saw colonel bradshaw quickly but coolly press his ambling cob close to the hedge to avoid his charge you seem to be in a hurry lil hallo here is another said the colonel giving his horse another dexterous turn to shun the onset of the groom what news has come or have you joined the dragoons or are you merely running a race with your man here neither sir said lil who had pulled up and turned to speak to his comrade his flashing eye and excited manner his thoroughbred steed chafing on the bit and pawing the ground were in striking contrast with the unruffled bradshaw on his sleek cob whose temper was as smooth as his coat the fact is said lil in what was meant for an explanatory tone i have just had a serious conversation with lord strathern which grew quite animated before it came to an end interjected bradshaw coolly in which i took the liberty of expressing my opinion continued lil rather strongly on the subject of discipline military license and the articles of war interjected bradshaw again you are happy in your surmises sir said lil stiffly for bradshaw's imperturbable manner chafed him much in his present mood surmises my dear fellow do i not know your opinions and my lord's you believe the rules and regulations were made to be enforced ad literam 
and he thinks they are to be hung up in terrorem my lord added bradshaw in a calm judicial tone is the more mistaken of the two since so far you agree with me said l isle would it not be well for you to remind his lordship that it is time to enforce some of the rules and regulations for the government of his majesty's troops if he would have his brigade consist of soldiers and not of robbers it is very desirable to keep up the distinction between the two professions said bradshaw one has a strong tendency to slide into the other pray tell me what arguments you have been using with my lord lil with an effort at calmness repeated the substance of the late conversation much to bradshaw's amusement for in him a genuine love of mischief rivalled his epicurean taste on one point my lord had the advantage of you said bradshaw it is his privilege to bid you look after your regiment not yours to bid him look after his brigade true said lil bitterly but as you though my senior are not my commander i trust there is no insubordination in my telling you that the brigade is left to look after itself and is going to the devil as fast as it can as individuals said bradshaw that is the probable destination of most of us we will have to get julian sanchez or the impesonado or some other guerilla chief to undertake its reformation continued lil in great heat i forgot to suggest to my lord that before we march away we ought to levy a contribution as a bounty for the blessings we bestow on the neighbourhood in leaving it a capital idea said bradshaw but by no means original the french always do so when they change their cantonments that is if there be anything left in the country around if our hands were not tied we might yet learn some clever arts from monsieur juno's system was to drive up all the farm cattle of the neighbourhood just before he marched off then allow them to be redeemed at a low cash price he found it a capital way to extract the last hidden crusado you have mastered the enemy's system thoroughly said lil with a sneer but as our hands are tied we cannot imitate them perhaps it would better become our position in the brigade for you to try and rouse his lordship to the necessity of checking the license that is growing daily i would gladly do so said bradshaw but being no oxford logician have not your irresistible power of convincing him you have handled the matter so fully and ably that i need only repeat faithfully every word you have said you may depend on me for that and turning his horse he rode gently off toward headquarters while lil galloped up the hill to elvis bradshaw found lord strathern in as great a rage as the comrade he had just parted with so he amused himself with drawing out from his lordship a recital of their late conversation which he repaid with a sketch of lil's roadside conference with himself the old soldier was only the more provoked on finding that freely as lil had spoken he could hardly charge him with insubordination or twist his hot arguments into a personal insult soothing and chafing him by turns bradshaw did not permit the subject to drop until they were interrupted by a courier with dispatches what is all this post upon post there must be something in the wind said my lord as he broke the seal which was sir roland hill's our pleasant winter here is over said bradshaw with a sigh we will be moving shortly and then hot marches and cold meals sour wine in bad quarters or no quarters at all will be the order of the day i trust we shall move through a more plentiful country than we did last year it has not quite come to that yet said lord strathern here is an order for me to meet sir roland at alcantara at ten the day after to-morrow i am to take you and conway with me for he has special instructions for you both 
and here is an order for that modest fellow lil to attend and report the state of the andalusian reserve i expect conway to dinner you had better stay and meet him in due time major conway appeared and dinner was announced mrs shortridge had gone home so that only two guests sat down with lady mabel and her father no man made himself more agreeable in his own house and at his own table than lord strathern usually did for hospitality was with him an article of religion but to-day my lord was not in a religious frame of mind he was moody and silent or growled at his servants and gave short answers to his guests so that major conway after sundry attempts to engage him in conversation gave it up and joined bradshaw in his efforts to entertain lady mabel at length the cloth was removed the servants withdrew and the gentlemen sat over their wine yet lady mabel not trained to a nice observance of little conventionalities lingered there watching her father's moody brow so lil has got back said major conway the impudent coxcomb exclaimed lord strathern conway started but lady mabel started as if a snake had bitten her she said nothing however perhaps she could not had she tried but conway exclaimed my lord perhaps i did not hear you rightly you did major conway i say that lil is an impudent coxcomb the most presumptuous fellow i know i will find or make an occasion to give him a lesson he much needs why my lord what has lil done asked the major done said lord strathern angrily he has said a great deal more than i will tolerate and having broached the subject he told the story of lil's interview with himself and his remarks to bradshaw pronouncing his whole conduct presumptuous and impertinent losing his temper more and more he exclaimed sir roland's absurd partiality has spoiled the fellow utterly sir roland must not bear all the blame said bradshaw interposing then added slyly no wonder lil's head is turned considering who all have helped to spoil him so they have and you have spoiled him more than any one else exclaimed lord strathern turning suddenly on lady mabel i hear of nobody but colonel lil this colonel of yours has been growing more and more intolerable my colonel papa i assure you i lay no claim to him said lady mabel hastily disclaiming all interest in poor lil why do you have him so much about you then and quote him so often why my lord said bradshaw again interposing lady mabel cannot but see and hear much of lil while she sees so much of mrs shortridge their mutual friend lady mabel was truly thankful for this diversion it gave her one moment to think and that was enough in her father's present mood lil could not escape gross insult at their next meeting she felt that the best way to mollify his anger was to take up his quarrel vigorously herself so warming herself into a fit of indignation becoming the occasion she exclaimed it is no fault of mine that i see so much of colonel ill why do you make him so often your guest as colonel bradshaw says i have no fit companion here but mrs shortridge and he is often with her as to his presumption it is not so new to me as you suppose i have often laughed at him for his vanity in thinking that nobody can do anything as well as himself i have had to check him before this for presuming to find fault with your management of the brigade but did not imagine he would have the impertinence to insinuate to your face that he could command it better than you do by jove exclaimed lord strathern indirectly he as good as told me so so it seems said lady mabel indignantly i am your daughter and resent such boyish impertinence more even than you do 
i will take the earliest opportunity to express to him my opinion on that point most emphatically bradshaw was discreetly silent drinking in every word he did not actually hate lil he liked lady mabel well but he loved the mischief a-brewing and watched her game for he saw plainly that she was playing one conway sat wondering what all this would lead to anxious yet afraid to say a word in extenuation of poor lil's offences by the by exclaimed lady mabel i have promised mrs shortridge my utmost aid in entertaining her guests to-morrow night and the better to enable me to give it colonel lil is pledged to be in constant attendance as my interpreter i must write at once and let him know that i shall dispense with his services write to the fellow at once growled lord strathern and do not let him misunderstand the tenor of your note but he has gone to badajoz said bradshaw still if he has an appointment with you lady mabel he will assuredly be back in time but my lord said major conway you have an order for him to attend sir roland at alcantara the morning after so that he would have to give up the pleasure of waiting on lady mabel at mrs shortridge's even though she did not discard him in this summary manner then mabel shall summon him to attend her according to promise in spite of sir roland's order thundered lord strathern with all the perverseness of an angry man but suppose he pleads sir roland's order in excuse urged conway it shall not serve him mabel shall treat it as a fresh piece of impertinence and cut him for ever suppose he attends lady mabel and neglects sir roland then sir roland shall know how lightly he holds his orders that is being very hard upon lil said conway not as hard as he deserves said lord strathern with a bitter laugh it is probably very important urged conway that sir roland should know at once the real state of this andalusian reserve much may depend upon it tut said lord strathern contemptuously what matters lil's being able to tell him whether or not they look like soldiers if you had been long in spain you would have known that the fighting has to be done by us oh yes said bradshaw whatever they may do on parade the fighting always falls to our lot lady mabel had listened to this dialogue with intense interest and no little confusion of mind she was very angry with lil and that perhaps made her feel how important he had become to her she was not quite prepared to cut his acquaintance and turn her back on him forever and now thought she saw her way through the difficulty you are driving my friend lil to the wall said major conway i know him to be a gallant man but however painful the sacrifice may be to him i think he will feel compelled to waive his engagement with lady mabel and wait on sir roland hill let him if he dare said lady mabel with an emphatic stamp of her foot i applaud your spirit lady mabel said bradshaw mischievously it is lucky for lil that the stuarts of strathern are not now represented by a son as it is lil will have to make his submission with the best grace he can i trust lady mabel will accept it in some other shape than slighting sir roland's order said conway lil will not do that that and nothing else said lady mabel resolutely almost angrily i hold myself to be quite as good as sir roland and the first appointment was with me sir roland will have to yield precedence to you lady mabel said bradshaw if lil knows the penalty he will have to attend on you begging lady mabel's pardon said conway lil will do no such thing conway said lord strathern with a sneer this punctilious friend of yours is very exacting toward other people 
but i will bet you fifty guineas that he keeps sir roland waiting for news of a batch of ragamuffins not worth hearing about my funds are rather low just now said conway to hazard fifty guineas on a bet i thought you would not back him but in words said lord strathern in a contemptuous tone nay said conway stung by his manner i know that where duty is concerned lil is a punctilious man to obey every order to the letter and the second is a point of honour with him and i will risk my money upon him done said lord strathern and now mabel use your wits to keep the fellow here and make a fool of him and i will expose and laugh at him as he deserves at alcantara but this is a regular plot against poor lil objected conway plot or no plot it is understood that you give him no hint said lord strathern certainly not exclaimed bradshaw rubbing his hands together conway you must not blab i suppose i must not said conway with a very grave face chiefly for lil but partly for his fifty guineas but this is a serious matter it may be of vital importance for sir roland to know at once if the andalusian reserve the andalusian reserve said lord strathern interrupting him will never let themselves be food for powder lady mabel now slipped out of the room to hide her confusion and anxiety and major conway finding my lord not in a mood to please or be pleased soon took leave followed by bradshaw in high glee though he suppressed the outward signs of it until he had turned his back upon the hospitable mansion End of chapter seventeen